This podcast includes the most content we've ever shared in an episode. The runtime is just over an hour, so in the description you'll be able to find timestamps for all the main topics we cover. We cover stuff around setting up the Fairfax brand, the difference between bulk buying and print on demand, what the operations are for running a Fairfax trucker business, and the most requested topic, how I got Jake Paul to wear my cap. Either sit back, get get a drink, and listen to the, the full podcast, or if you are interested in a specific topic, then please have a look in the description and go to the timestamp it mentions. Hello and welcome back to the podcast, not the 77 Threads podcast this week. You may have noticed slight rebrand um, for the podcast um, and there's some reasons for that. We'll, we'll get into that in, in a minute. Um, but yeah, this is the first episode since since the slight rebrand. Um, it's currently the Jordan Turner podcast. Not sure if that's going to stick. Um, you know, it might just be a temporary name for the time being. It depends if uh, I can think of anything a bit more creative. Um, if you guys have any any ideas, then it'd be probably be great to get your your input. What what do you want it to be known as? Um, send in your your thoughts and comments. Um, I'll put a, an email in the description where if you've got any ideas, you can um, let let me know or comment on um, you know any any of the social media platforms that you can normally find me or my brands on. Um, but yeah, so for, I guess just quickly then the reason for the a little rebrand is um, obviously before. It was the 77 Threads podcast. It was part of the overall 77 Threads brand. The whole point of it at the, at the, at the time of creation was, you know, um, 77 Threads was my main my main brand out there. And it was about sharing behind-the-scenes content, uh, a look into the, you know, the, the operations behind building a startup, entrepreneurship, um, and also giving a platform for other small brands to come on um, and talk about their journey as well. That's still going to be the case, but since... The podcast started, you know, there's been a lot of change, um, both personally and kind of the stuff I'm involved in, my brands as well. Um, you know, I'm working on two different brands at the moment. Um, and we've alluded to it in the past couple of episodes as well around, you know, there's, I'm really keen and passionate to talk about certain things, um, you know, such as mindset um, and other other topics at the same time still related to kind of like you know business entrepreneurship startup that kind of thing but wanted to kind of not limit it and and therefore have a have it as a separate platform away from the the clothing brand 77 threads which you can obviously focus and you know be uh, focusing on on its main uh, core objective the same with you know the fairfax brand um, and have this as a separate platform to be able to share content um in a kind of a different a different light so that was that was the reason for, for separating out so content will still be you know the same 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 and more so there'll be same good stuff that we've been um you know banging out over the last few episodes we're still going to have guests on we're still going to have you know sheldon's going to come back on for um uh, another couple of episodes because i know you guys really really like uh, like his in- input um as a, as we will have other guests as well and we've got a couple uh, you know in talks to to get lined up for the new next future episodes as well so on that note this episode i'm actually going solo i'm actually uh, on my own for this one there's no special guests um because the topic we're going to cover today 
um, is you know quite personal. It's related to, to me and you know, my my brands and the work I've been doing. And it's a topic that actually I've had quite a lot of questions on. Um, I had a lot of questions on it before the new year, and I've had an awful lot of new questions on it since Christmas for uh, a particular reason. Now, that topic we're going to cover today is Fairfax Truckers. So you may or may not have seen, um, I started a new brand called Fairfax Truckers um, at the time of creation around last summer. It was a sub-brand, so it was part of the bigger 77 Threads brand. Um, you could buy the truckers through the website um, and the branding was somewhat you know, interlinked. So I think overall... Um, Fast forward to now and Fairfax Trackers is its own separate brand. Um, we shared the news sort of back end of last last year. Um, the website launched, uh, was supposed to launch in January, actually ended up launching in December for a big reason, which we'll talk about on this podcast. Um, and it's now its own brand, it's got its own website, um, its own uh, set of uh, operations behind it, which we'll, we'll dive into in this episode. Um, so it's, it's a lot has changed for the Fairfax brand um, in a really positive way, not a way that I ever projected or predicted it would go back in, uh, you know, August time of 2020, which is when it started, you know, I started working on it. Um, so a lot has changed um, and, you know, I'm feeling really positive about it. There's been an awful lot of questions around why it, why it separated, um, a lot of questions into the operations behind it because it's quite unique. Um, and more so, there's been a lot of questions over the last week. If you're already following the brand, then you would have seen um, our uh, one of our truckers, one of our caps was actually seen uh, on uh, as part of an outfit worn by a very famous online personality. Um, so I will talk over that bit as well. We'll dive into that into this episode around how it happened the aftermath it's caused and what's next for, for both that as a relationship and the bigger brand as well. So lots of content, lots of really interesting stuff. So I'm just going to dive straight into it. I've got a drink, I've got some notes or, you know, certain stuff I want to cover. So let's just dive into the episode um, and, uh, and, and yeah, let's go from there. So let's start right back at the beginning in August, J J July, August, 2020. So, um, I've touched on it in a couple of you know previous episodes around how COVID has impacted the both the fashion industry but also the demands it's put under small small businesses, entrepreneurs, startups. Um, we've had a couple of guests on who have actually started their own business in within the the coronavirus pa pandemic period. Um, Obviously, we had Lewis, who's a you know a really close friend of mine, who's created a um, a fashion brand, uh, streetwear Japanese style streetwear brand um, uh, last year, and we heard from him the difficulties he's had uh, around starting the brand uh, whilst in a whilst in lockdown, whilst there's delays to you know uh, through the various parts of the operations that go in, goes into creating a business. Um, in the last episode, we had Luke on the podcast from third decades clothing um him and his co-founder also are in the process of creating a brand um they started last year obviously here in the uk there's still uh, you know we're in lockdown number three now um the pandemic doesn't look like it's kind of going anywhere anytime soon albeit there's obviously some stuff working on you know around the vaccine so fingers crossed but the point is 
it's been a it's been a tough 12 13 months um coming up to 12 months now um for for everyone really um uh, yeah, it has been really tough regardless of your situation um and in particular you know the, the fashion industry with high streets being closed has been severely impacted um and startups for sure if you're trying to get a business uh, you know up and running it's been a really really difficult time so um but that's not what this what this podcast's uh, about. And if, if you want to hear more about how it's impacted, you know, certain industries, then you know maybe we can do a separate episode on that. But for me, um, last last summer, um, or the last early part of last year, the first half at least, um, the 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 lockdowns and the, the virus meant it was you know very difficult for me to be able to bring out new clothing for seventy seven threads. Uh, bring out new products, sample new products, um, and you know get stock and that kind of thing, um, and work collaboratively with my supplier. Just due to the sheer um, pressures that are being put under, um, people are being put under in terms of you know courier services. There's extreme delays still to this day. Um, that is, you know, has been an impact from the virus um, due to social distancing, due to um, officer, you know, people being furloughed. There's various different numbers of reasons for that. Um, and it's had a knock-on effect to all the different parts of, you know, a supply chain around from, you know, getting the stock, getting the products, um, sampling the products to then, um, you know, distributing them out to customers. So with that in mind, I wanted to try and keep some momentum I had with the brand and um, look at what alternatives are out there in terms of both from a market perspective, from a product perspective. Now, one of our ambitions for 77 Threads was always to take it global. It was always something I wanted to, you know, get get as far and wide as possible. Specifically, the next market after the UK I wanted to try and target was was America. Um, now, with that, obviously, summer, summer was coming up, albeit there was, you know, people couldn't go on holiday and that kind of thing. Um, and, however, you know, it was still, it was still an opportunity there to, to build on, on the brand, build on some of the designs, um, Take it, take it. You know, continue trying to carry carry on that that momentum as much as you possibly can. So, what I decided to do is, um, you know, look at some uh, the, I, the the restrictions over in America were slightly uh, less uh, less tolerant uh, than over here in the UK. So, I had an idea of you know looking at some potential suppliers over in the over in the US and seeing what we could uh, muster up in terms of you know building some sort of relationship to help you know distribute some some items over there. The problem with the clothing is, and I I think I may have touched on it in you know in a previous episode, and and that is for us seventy seven threads is all about quality. It's all about creating quality products at an affordable price point. Now what I didn't want to do and something that I found difficult at the beginning of creating a company is finding a supplier that really hit the nail on the head in terms of quality and affordable at the same time. Either you're looking at really cheap quality products which just you know aren't aren't premium, aren't at the top top range, either kind of quality products that you'll get at Boohoo, Pretty Little Thing, uh, people like that, shots fired. Um, but they're the kind of products I didn't want to bring out because you know I've bought from Boohoo and um, I've bought T-shirts, I've bought stuff before. The quality is is shit, um, and yeah, I don't want to go into the, the, my my issues with certain brands. But that's not what I wanted to create. I wanted to create clothing that was you know of a good quality, something you, you know you feel yeah when you're wearing it. This is this is good quality. 
you know, it empowers you, it, you, you know, you feel really comfortable in what you're wearing. So, um, obviously, when first starting 70 on Threads, it was a bit of a mission to try and find, a, you know, the, the great supplier, Darren, who I work with at the moment. Um, so, you know, it was, again, a part of the, the looking into America was, was around making sure that we could absolutely match the quality because what we didn't want to do is you know having a fantastic set of operations over here in the UK um, and then uh, a shoddy performance over in the US because there would be some uh, inconsistency across the brand and that's when it, you start to cause all types of problems. Um, obviously, you can ship. I could, you know, continue with my supplier here in the UK and ship, ship orders to the US. But obviously, with lockdown restrictions and everything that was going on, it wasn't practical. And and, and there was, you know, plenty of delays and, and just it wasn't very practical in terms of doing that as, a, as an option. Um, so as part of this looking and, and one thing I have been wanting there's a number of products that I've wanted to add to our product range for a long time one of them being jeans um, which is you know still still at the moment just a, you know something we're looking into probably a far way off yet the other one was hats and chuckers and caps and that kind of thing personally I wear caps all the time um, especially in the summer but even you know all, all year round I'm always wearing wearing a cap partly because I'm quite lazy when it comes to doing my hair but also just because I like the look of a you know a cap and I feel like you know it's as an as an accessory it's probably the most important accessory in terms of mixing and matching with your outfit so for me it was really important to get that uh, to, to, to add that to our product range it's something I'm passionate about so as a, as a kind of like the holiday period of the summer was coming up for one particular supplier I was having some conversations with offered a proposition around um, distribution and fulfillment of, of caps. So long story short, we had a number of conversations with them around it and come up with a couple of designs. Now at the time, I was, as it was going to be purely, at this point it was purely American focused, albeit they, they did have some operations in the rest of Europe. Um, I decided to create a sub-brand within the 77 Threads brand, so not call it 77 Threads, have 77 Threads as part of it, um, but uh, have it linked to something related to America. Now, um, that's where the name Fairfax came from. So Fairfax uh, is a part, or a, a, a Fairfax Avenue, which is a street and a part of the wider Los Angeles um, district uh, over in California. Um, now Fairfax is Fairfax Avenue is where you have all the streetwear you know stores start from originate from uh, and uh, and um, the, the skater scene the skate scene back uh, back in you know, the, um, you know a while back now that's where it kind of all really started um, in that that space um, so if you go down Fairfax Avenue now you've got the likes of Supreme. Um, one of their flagship stores there alongside obviously the store they have in New York. Um, You've got all the, the sneaker stores down there. You've got um, uh, the likes of, you know, Bathing Ape. You've got all the streetwear kind of scene happening in that space, which is obviously what, you know, where I've always had my passion started from, the streetwear space, and some of the the, um, the inputs and the inspiration behind some of the Simpson Fred's stuff. So for me, it was, you know, it was it made sense to, to try and make it relevant to that area, that district, that kind of, that, that uh, space um, if, if that's what you want to call it, and and so that's where the kind of the name Fairfax came from, and then therefore it was then important to make sure the designs incorporated that that um, that that urban kind of that that West Coast vibes associated with you know Fairfax and what what Fairfax means and what it stands for, 
So that's where the, the design came from. And we ended up creating a number of samples and some designs where it featured a, bo a box logo, because obviously you know, box logos are, are huge, um, regardless of kind of what brand you're, you're wearing it as part of. So we designed, it, uh, designed a distressed box logo, uh, which yeah, had the Fairfax logo in the middle, um, with a slightly distressed look, with a box and 77 in, in the corner. Um, and we did this on a couple of different color colorways. So we had a black one, a white one, a white and orange one, an orange one, um, and a navy one. Um, I think to start with. So um, and we and we we pushed them on the seventy seven threads website, um, and we uh, pushed it predominantly over in the US um, to, to to market over there, and they could then therefore ship directly from the supplier we were using in the US. Um, we managed to also link in with their their sort of operations in the UK in sorry in Europe as well. So if anyone did order from um, Europe, then that was uh, that that was also a possibility at the same time. So um, what we that's that's kind of the the, the basis around the Simsim Threads um, backstory. If I fast forward to today um, and just touch over kind of where how we got to where we are today. The main reason for the separation was, one, the, the caps were doing really well. We were getting a lot of good traction, a lot of good feedback on both the logo, the, the sub-brand, and um, the, uh, yeah, just the overall theme of, of what we were trying to do. Um, so, as well as that, it, it, however, as part, however, one of the uh, limitations with having it as a sub-brand is, it was a little difficult to find. Um, so, you know, if someone was wearing it and they liked it and they saw it online and they, oh, I like that, I'm going to go and Google that Fairfax cap, for example, in no way was it, you know, very easily linked back to the 77 Threads brand. Um, only if you got really specific with some of your Google searches and even then you'd kind of have to know what you were searching for to get that specific. So there was a little bit of a... Um, visibility issue um, around how it was seen um, and how it was portrayed online. Um, and the other main thing was around the operations. Now we you know, further talks with the supplier we were using um, and there was an option, and I'll dive into some of the, the, the operations when we, we speak about the new site, um, but there was an opportunity to be able to you know, really incorporate it with our systems and our e-commerce site to the, fact, to the point where the whole process could basically be totally automated. Now, with my current supplier, it, 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 there's um, less automation involved and a little bit more manual work by you know myself and you know some of the people who work with 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 me to to get the orders, put the orders, um, you know the orders come in, and then um, to the supplier for for stock and printing, and 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 then when I obviously then send send them out, there's a bit more of a manual process behind that. So um, you couldn't have. The automation on the website for um, you know for, for, it's either everything or nothing, and obviously we couldn't do that for when you're having multiple different suppliers for um, you know the, the clothing and, and and the cap part of the business. So again, that made it a little bit. It wasn't it wasn't a, a massive issue, but it could have been a it could have one reduced some of our costs and made the process slightly more streamlined in terms of back end back-end stuff and make it easier for us to focus more on the marketing side of stuff, less on the operations, if we had an opportunity to integrate the whole thing and make it all for the autonomous. So for, for a couple of reasons, it made we were starting to think it made sense to separate them out. 
And at the same time, we were still, you know, still in, you know, going through these various lockdown iterations. At this point, there was, you know, tears being announced in the UK. The, the supply chain process started to get a little bit easier, but nobody knew at some point, you know, it could we could go back into national lockdown and make it all, all 10 times more difficult again. So, and, and at the same time, it, you know, the, the momentum really kind of had, had been lost in the 77 Threads brand, um, which is a shame. And, you know, there's some, we've got, you know, um, uh, things in place to, you know, pick it back up this year as and when we can. Um, but, you know, it really did kind of damage some of the momentum we had, which is which is a real shame. And what we didn't want to do is have the Fairfax brand, which seemed to be, you know, being quite popular and popping off over in the US, limited by the momentum and the, the scale in which 77 Threads was, was growing. So we ultimately came up with a decision to, to separate them out. Now, so therefore, it was kind of going back to the drawing board, starting from scratch and creating a new brand. So at that point, we were like, right, if we're going to separate it out, we want a fresh new logo. We want something that really stands on its own, um, kind of doesn't really have too many ties in with Sensitive and Threads because it's going to be completely, you know, completely separate. So that's when we started designing the new the new logo, um, which you can see on the website now, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, you can see it all over our social media. It was to come up with some new designs because if we were going to do this, we wanted to add a few different variations, both variations to the, the, the box logo, which is obviously what we were, we ended up being known for, that box logo, distressed trucker cap, but also some other things because, you know, it's, uh, both in terms of colorways, but also completely different designs for people who may not, you know, may not like that one particular design um, and open it up a bit more. Um, but also then, you know, have an opportunity to do further drops down the line of new designs um, and not just have, you know, not just the one, one, one basic design. So, you know, we, we spent a bit of time on, on, on the designs. Um, we spent a bit of time putting up a website. We actually changed website providers from a startup perspective um, compared to what we were using for um, 77 threads. Moved over to well, we moved over to Shop, Shopify, and for for, you, for those of you who are within the e-commerce world, you'll know how the impact that Shopify is having on the market at the moment, and how how powerful it is. Um, it's only been thought about for a long time, even for similar and threads, but um, yeah, the timing wasn't wasn't right, and we were you know happy with what we were doing. Um, but for for this, it just allows us to scale up a lot faster. It allows us to you know create some real autonomy within the processes. It gives us some extra tools to really help uh, grow, scale up the brand. So we moved over, to, we, we created a new site, um, which is you know now obviously fully live, and we planned for, for the launch um, Jan the 1st. Um, so we started doing all the prep for the, for the work. We managed to integrate the operations with the, the supplier. So whilst all this was going on, we were having further conversations with the supplier. The supplier, which we you know continue to, to now use for the, caps um, we managed to you know now fully use their full global scale base of operations so how the supplier basically works is um, it's kind of like a shared fulfillment hub so they are a manufacturer and fulfillment uh, enablement service so what that essentially means is brands will be able to tap into their resources to create product and fulfill their fulfill them you know, products, orders directly to consumer, so uh, direct direct to, to customers who are, who are ordering. Now, there's pros and cons around doing this, and essentially, what it is is essentially print is a print on demand service. Now, for those of you who aren't into the you know into the fashion kind of 
work market and don't have an insight on what print on demand or uh, yeah print on demand is and how it differs to sort of other methods is print on demand is you print a product based on when an order comes in now traditionally uh, and you know it it's much more favorable for some of the bigger bigger organizations and the bigger brands is you buy in bulk so you will buy so you, you will make a design you'll get it manufactured and you'll buy 500 pieces right let's say and then as and when the order comes in you can ship it out now the benefits of doing it that way is if an order comes in you can ship it out straight away same day next day because you've got the stock waiting for you it doesn't have to be made it's waiting for you um, and Another benefit of, of doing bulk buying in that in that way is obviously price per it, the more you order, the price per item goes down because you've got the benefit there of economies of scale. For those of you who don't know, economies of scale is basically the idea of if you buy more, you get further discounts because yeah, of the, the price per order goes goes down. So sorry, price per per item goes down. So. In, in, in a way, you, you've got the benefit of being able to buy 500 pieces and the cost of per t-shirt is £5, whereas, you know, and we'll get on some of the costings associated with print-on-demand in a minute. The drawbacks of um, print-on-bulk uh, buying, specifically for small businesses um, and startups, is you have to have a capital in the first place. In order to buy 500 pieces, you need to have that investment of however much it might be, whether it's 500 pounds, a grand, two grand in the first place to buy your collection, right? So that's quite a big outlay to, to begin with. Let's say you've just spent a thousand pounds on getting all your items of clothing. They're now being shipped, they're now in a couple of weeks, they're shipped to you. They're now sitting in your house. At the moment, they're just you know dead stock. That's just a grand sitting there that you now need to go out and sell. Now you're going to have to spend more on marketing to mark you know to get your products out there, um, and that at the moment is just you know stocks sitting there waiting to to, to to move. Now, obviously, if you sell an item, the price per the profit per item is more because the price per item for you is lower compared to print on demand. So there's some of the the pros and cons around bulk buying. I think it's it's a it's obviously more suited to, to bigger brands, and as you grow, it's probably the way forward. For startups, um, it, it requires you to you know outlay a lot of investment up front, um, which some people might not be in a position to do, right? And this is this is the thing: we're starting. Anyone can start a brand, and if you want to start a brand, um, you know, with with very minimal outlay to start with, there are ways around that, and that's where I'll start to talk about print on, print on demand. So as the title suggests, print-on-demand is essentially, as I mentioned, uh, a, as an order comes in, the product is created and printed, um, yeah, on, on, on demand as, as the order comes uh, as the order comes on in. Now the benefits of that is, for basically the opposite, you switch it around around bulk buying. So you don't have to pay loads of money upfront to have you know 100, 500 t-shirts sitting in your room waiting to be sold because as the order comes on in bam it's created therefore therefore you've got more money the money that you would have originally put into the original investment of the bulk buying into marketing so that a thousand pounds which you would make 500 five a thousand pounds which you might spend on bulk buying product you can now put that thousand pounds into uh, marketing whether that's through you know, influence marketing, um, social media marketing through Facebook ads, 
um, yeah, any kind of marketing, you've then got that money to push the product. Um, you've also therefore got the opportunity to, uh, you know, really focus on other parts of the business um, around, for example, around marketing and other elements around, you know, easier to get samples, easier to, you know, bring stuff to market a bit quicker as well. In terms of if I've got a, a sample or a design I want to do, I can sample it quickly, I can get a sample made, I can put it on the site and bam, it's ready to go. I don't have to get a couple of samples done, make sure it's right, then order 500, wait for you know, three, four weeks for the supplier to do it, send it across um, to me, have it ready, and then launch it. I can launch, I can take to market a lot, lot quicker. So my go-to-market for new collections is really, really, almost instant, a lot, lot faster. So um, some of the drawbacks associated with print-on-demand is costing, which is one of the, the main things, is the cost of print on demand is a lot higher because of the nature of you're not buying bulk so the cost of the print so let's say you're making a t-shirt right the cost of the the machinery has x cost right now if you're using that machinery for one uh for, for one item it's going to cost x amount right if you're using that machinery to to create on a you know as, as part of an, a, a conveyor belt you know if you're making 500 t-shirts the cost is still the same but you're spreading that cost of the time and the effort associated with that machinery across 500 units so therefore as you can imagine the that's why the cost per item is so low with print on demand it's obviously higher because you don't have that benefit one of the other drawbacks, drawbacks, depending now this this one depends on the kind of um, supplier that you you end up working with. Now some of it is print on demand. They will have from a t-shirt perspective. Let's take t-shirts for example. They will buy in right. We'll have all the machinery. We'll be ready to go. We'll buy in um, bulk stock. They'll buy the bulk stock. Or, uh, and they'll get the, the economies of scale, the discount of the bulk stock. So they'll get the benefit of the bulk stock buying on. Uh, you know, very base level quality based uh, garments. So, you know, you may have heard of companies like Fruit Fruit of a Loom, um, AWDs, which are, you know, they create blank garments, blank t-shirts, that kind of thing. And they will um, they'll just be completely blank and then printers and suppliers will print designs over the top of them. So a, a, a supplier might buy, buy it cheaper in bulk, keep their costs down, then you'll pay them a, obviously a premium for the for the you'll pay them for the garment you'll pay them for the uh, print service and obviously pay a, pay a bit on top of that from for, for, for them to make some money as well. Um, so you can already see where the price of the um, per item is starting to get a bit higher. So if you bulk buy, you might be be able to you know get a product a t shirt for five pounds um, per per unit. You're now maybe looking at ten pounds per unit. Which means when you start to add profit on top of that, if you're paying five pound per unit, you can, uh, you know, charge a, uh, you can put a product out there for twenty pounds, and you're making fifteen pounds every single order, right? Um, albeit obviously there's other costs that are associated with it. Cost per item, price per item, profit per item, you're making fifteen pounds. If you're doing print on demand, and therefore your t-shirts are now costing you ten pounds to make. And you put them up. You're going to have to put them up for twenty-five pounds to make the same profit. Now that's where you know people might uh, people say, "Oh, it's a bit too expensive," or whatever. If you put them at the same price, twenty pounds, your profit margins are lower. So you're going to have to sell more of them 
to um to 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 make the same amount of profit over 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 let's say 100 t-shirts or whatever that something like that so as you can see there's benefits and drawbacks of both now for startup brands print on demand is probably a really good starting starting position the problem is you need to get it right you need to get a supplier which allows creative freedom and not just a you know not just a here's a product everyone has the same kind of template and your design just goes on the middle because you won't stand out from from the other brands then you won't stand out from anyone uh, and you won't be you won't really get you you, you might get a short term success but long term success success is out the window you want to be able to get one which is flexible as well in terms of distribution now a lot of times distribution um, around packaging a lot of print on demand companies will have their own um, packaging their own box labels that kind of thing so when it goes out it's not personalized now 77 threads as if you've already if you've ordered from us in the past you know our products come with you know a nice swing tag label inside it comes in a really nice bag with our logo on and then packaging now using print on demand sometimes some suppliers will have their packages so it'll be your, your, your customer will receive an order oh i thought oh, i ordered from xyz company and on the packaging it's got abz company and you open it up oh it is what i ordered but that's a bit strange and there's a little bit there and then in terms of building building trust and credibility with your customer slightly more difficult so you need to when you if you are thinking of going down the print and demand route, it's really important that you find you know a really good supplier. There's lots of companies out there that do print on demand, um, but you want to get one that's really, has has an element of bes you can be quite bespoke with it and make it make it really your own and make your brand stand out from the others. So on that note, um, that's a bit of background around how the how the difference between bulk buying and, and print on demand. The, the deal that we managed to get with our supplier um, is a print-on-demand based model, however there's a lot of customizability. So what we've been, managed to do is we've managed to tap into their global operations. So they have these distribute and fulfillment enablement centers across the world. They've got a couple in North America, both Canada and, um, uh, and America, got one in Mexico, got a couple in Europe, across Spain and Latvia, I think they've got one in Asia, one in Australia. Now what that means is we can use any of those and then all, what happens is because the website, the systems are linked, our e-commerce platform, their, their, uh, their platform is, if they're all interlinked, as an order comes in, it will automatically be sent to them. Now the, di now the product details, as a, uh, as a brand, I have a profile, I can log in. If I want to create a new, new product, I can log in and I upload... I do all my designing separately as I normally would do. I then upload the measurement. I I upload the you know the, the template files, the design files, the measurements, everything right down to the absolute you know how many millimeters it is from X from you know the different uh, parts of the garment. I can get it right down to that level of detail, so I know exactly what what is being created. Without, without even seeing it, I'm, I'm happy with, with what is being put out there. Now, obviously, I'll still sample new designs, but once I've sampled and I'm happy with it, I can save that and link it to the product on the website. So if you go onto the website now, say you want to buy a box logo truck, you want to buy a black one, you go on there, you buy it, you put your details in. Automatically, that order is, is sent straight to the supplier. Now, depending on where the location of a customer is, the the system will automatically designate which fulfillment center 
is going to be closest or most reasonable to distribute that order in terms of time frames and costs. Now, obviously, for example, if I'm ordering here from the UK, it makes sense for the for my orders to be distributed and fulfilled from Europe. If I'm in America, it doesn't. It makes more sense to do it from Europe. Uh, sorry, from from either America or Canada. So that's all done automatically. So the order will go in. It will be added to their backlog. It will be picked up normally within you know, uh, one to two days, depending on demand. Um, again, that's, I guess, in terms of, you, you, it's, very, it's unlikely you can offer kind of like next day delivery, um, which is one of the drawbacks. But, you know, for me, that's not too much of a problem. I prefer to focus on the quality of the product. Um, so, the, yeah, so, so it goes straight to them. They can then pick it up. They'll then add it to the backlog. Then when it comes, you know, to the front of the, the queue, it will be printed, the design will be created, the product will be created, the design will be printed or however it works. So in our case, it's all embroidery. It's all really, really good quality embroidery for our chuckers. They'll be made, um, they'll be packaged up, they'll be packaged up with our, our, our uh, branding over the packaging and it will be sent out. Just like that. So I won't even have to see the product. I won't even have to do anything. The order goes straight from the website to there. Um, and some of the automation set up on the on the website means that, you know, the customers get their email confirmation, they get their tracking confirmation, they get their follow-up emails, they get it all, all completely automatic. So from a business perspective, it means I, ha I don't have to really do too much in terms of the back end, which means I can focus all my time on the marketing and the look, feel, visual, the buzz around the brand, all that kind of stuff, which is you know where I really enjoy playing. Which I think leads us on to probably the bit where most of you are actually breathing you're in this podcast and the most questions I've got about is around Mr. Jake Paul himself. So, for, for those of you who may have not yet seen, who aren't following the 77 Threads or Fairfax or my you know, personal branding uh, social medias, um, Internet YouTuber turned boxer, uh, problem child, internet villain. Everyone loves to hate him. Mr. Jake Paul uh, was seen over the Christmas period wearing one of our Fairfax truckers. Now, for me, this was massive. Um, you know, regardless of whether you like the guy or not, you cannot deny that from a uh, branding, personal branding, influencing perspective. He is massive. So having someone like that being seen wearing your brand is is just huge. Now I've been a fan of Jake Paul for for a while. Um, I've been watching his videos probably for about five years uh, now, maybe even longer than that. Um, you know, I've been watching him for for, for a fair while. And um, so for me, you know, I've seen someone who like that who is actually you know has played a part in in terms of some inspiration around um, my mindset and all that kind of stuff. Um, as, as he's, he's played a big part. So for me, he's a really, really big deal. Um, and since, since that's happened, I've got you know, loads of questions around um, how that came about. So you know, some of the most common ones are, oh, did you have to pay him to wear it? How did you get in contact with him? Um, did, did, you know, is it part of a pay, paid promotion? Um, you know, those kind of questions. More so, you know, how did... Little old Jordan Turner from you know uh, England um, managed to get his product, which he's just designed, onto a, you know into the face of a social media celebrity. He's got fourteen million um, 
followers on, on Instagram, um, millions of subscribers on YouTube. It's currently in the middle of probably the biggest internet beef alongside Conor McGregor, Dylan Dennis, a number of other boxers as he's, as he's getting into the boxing space. How did this happen? And this is what I'm going to go into now. Now, truth, uh, truth up front, there is no magic formula for this. There is no special voodoo, magical, anything associated with how this happened. It was merely down to um, putting yourself out there, a little bit of luck, and ultimately just not giving up and just trying anything and everything when it comes to create, creating a brand and building some buzz around it. So essentially what, what happened is um, around the time I was looking to launch the brand, as with you know a lot of things, influencer marketing is a big part of growing your brand. Um, getting getting both from a you know a content perspective, but also getting your name and recognised out there to you know a mass scale of people through an individual influencer is you know is, is a and I've touched on it in a previous episode of you know influencer marketing is one of those things where if well, if you do it correctly, it can be really impactful. So as we were looking to bring out the new brand and we were preparing for the for January launch. Um, it was uh, we were reaching out to influencers um, as we always still are. I think influencer marketing and um, you know that kind of thing, specifically in America, um, it's you know it's definitely one of our main uh, marketing strategy points. Um, specifically, also for this year in terms of how we're going to end up growing the brand. Um, so we, we reached out to a couple of them. Now, now the Jake Paul uh, reach out was slightly different because. We even with the clothing stuff, you know, I, I've I've DM'd him as I've DM'd a lot of big famous people. Um, I won't I won't say who, but um, you know, I, and you just don't hear anything because they probably get hundreds, if not thousands, of DMs a day, um, and you know, it's very difficult for them to go through through all of them. A lot of fans, you know, reaching out, so it's very difficult. Now the problem is if you then go through, you know, their agency. Um, their agency route, you know, their e email, you'll get hold of their agent who, you know, they'll want to only really work on big brands um, and if not, they'll want to charge you an absolute fortune to wear your product. Now, for startup brands, that's not that, um, you know, that's not that reasonable. You're a startup brand, you're new, you don't want to be forking out hundreds of pounds to, to, to these big celebrities to, to, to wear them. Now, some of them, you know, there's obviously justifiable returns, but some of you are not in a position to do that. So you want to try and keep your costs as low as possible. But therefore, there it means more work and be a bit more creative. So um, I ended up basically completely cold sending a cap to Jake Paul. Now, luckily, obviously, where he's quite well known, he's made YouTube videos um, for, for a long period of time now. In order to find his address, it wasn't that difficult. Um, it was a you know a quick Google online, um, not advocating randomly you know turning up to people's houses or sending stuff to people's houses. That's you know that's that's for sure. But I essentially found his address online, um, and therefore sent him a now carefully looked at you know I, I where I've been following him for a while. I kind of know his style. I kind of you know know what he likes in terms of dress. So picked what product to send him based on what I think he would wear most. 
but ended up being the, the orange trucker. Um, he's quite, you know, he's quite. He's one of these guys who seems to be able to, you know, pull off any kind of flamboyant colours and you know looks. So, um, you know, made made sense to you know send him one that kind of stood stood out. He's he's one of the guys who likes to stand out. He likes to you know be the centre of attention. So why not you know make his outfit you know suit that personality. So and I included a note in the in the packaging as well, which basically said along the lines of you know I'm I'm been a fan for a while. Um, it's uh, you know I've recently started a new brand. Um, I felt like the the look and feel of the brand complements your style. So you know I'm literally just sending you as you know a, a gift. Um, hope you enjoy it. And that was it. There was no asking. Oh, if you know, there's no. Oh, I'll send you this in behalf of a you know a promotional post, anything like that. It was absolutely no promotion whatsoever. Now sometimes it's good to go down this route because if you genuinely believe in your product, which I do, then there's uh, you feel that the quality of your product is is good enough that people will like it. Have faith in yourself and you know doing stuff like that because if someone genuinely likes it, they'll wear it. And that's all you need sometimes is you don't need paid promote. You don't need some because sometimes paid promotions can actually have the opposite effect. If someone is, if an influencer is posting photos and tagging you and the way they word the captions or, and even more so nowadays, Instagram makes it a bit more mandatory for you to now highlight when it is a paid ad or a gifted ad. Um, it just defeat, it takes away the authenticity of it. And it's like, oh, they're only wearing it because they got told to. So, um, sometimes it doesn't really have the effect you, you'd want and it. You end up you know, paying money out for whether you're paying the person or paying for the product to be sent to them um, and not really getting anything in return. So sometimes if you, if you genuinely have that, and we're doing it a lot more now, I think. Um, and we were doing it before the whole Jake thing, but we've been doing it a lot more as well since then. And that is if you genuinely have belief in your product, send them out. And if people like them, they'll wear it and they'll genuinely shout you out because they like your product. Um, not because you're paying them to do so, um, and and that organic verification authenticity goes a hell of a lot long a lot more than yeah paid advertisements. So that's essentially what happened is we we sent it to him now um, at the top he was just building up for his mate Robinson fight. For those of you you know in in that kind of internet space, you'll know what happened there. He completely knocked Nate Robinson out cold, turned him to a meme. It was brilliant. Um, and he was building up for that fight. Now, it arrived a couple of days after, and he was actually in Vegas with some friends celebrating, and I got the notification that it arrived you know, through my, my tracking and everything. It arrived at his, his house, and kind of thought, oh, well, by the time he's home, he's, he probably gets a lot of fan mail, he probably gets a lot of stuff. Some, maybe his manager would have picked it up or whatever. I don't even know if he even opens his own post, because he probably you know gets a lot of people, you know, a lot of ins and outs with you know his various businesses and all that kind of stuff so um didn't really think too much of it especially as he was away at the time as well I thought oh well by the time he gets home I'll be at the bottom of the pile and even if he did open it then you know it's um he gets so many clothes he gets clothes probably from hundreds of brands sending him stuff um you know the, the chances are very slim but it was the, it was the risk I was willing to take at the end of the day it, you know what for the worst scenarios, oh, it cost me, you know, the, the, the price it would it cost me to send send that out. So, you know, not not a lot. Um, and so, so a few days passed, um, and uh, saw he was then back in uh, California again. wasn't wasn't wearing it or anything. So, kind of kind of really forgot 
about it. I would occasionally, you know, check in and um, if he was, you know, on his social media and see if he was, you know, wearing it around and about. And but other than that, I was kind of just a bit, okay, fine, whatever. And then on the, I think it was around the 22nd of, um, of December, um, I was at home watching some TV and uh, I was looking on Instagram and flicking through some stories and all of a sudden a story came up and he was calling out Dylan Dennis. Now, obviously, he's in the middle of this big boxing beef. He was calling out Dylan Dennis. And he, the way the camera was done, you could see the peak of the hat and you could see the side, but you couldn't see the, the main logo. But... The minute I saw the cap, without even seeing the logo, I knew that that was my hat. And I kind of just stopped, time kind of just stopped, and I was like, I need to, I need to, I need confirmation here. I, I, I know what this is, I need confirmation. I kept watching the video, I and mean, at some point he moved, and you could see the logo, and it's all its glory, and it was, you know, close up, he was, you know, doing a selfie kind of thing. That was... I was just, was like, amazed that he was, he was out, out and about wearing it. Um, and he was actually on his way to Ohio to spend Christmas with his, with his family, with his mum and some friends and stuff. So, um, and he obviously was taking it, taking it with him. Um, and that was, that was absolutely mental. So I reshared it and all that kind of stuff. And then basically over the course of the last couple of weeks, he's been wearing it on and off. He's been m m matching it with some of his outfits. Um, and you know, he's now in Miami and he's been wearing it again. He was wearing it, you know, yesterday I saw, um, so he's, he's been wearing it a lot. Now for me, the fact that he's wearing it more than, um, you know, than, than him, you know, he, so when he, when he's posting, he's not tagging us or anything. He's not calling us out because, you know, he probably still doesn't even know who we are. He probably didn't even read the note. I mean, he may have, but the chances are he probably didn't, you know, he may have, you know, seen an old Fairfax Truckers call, whatever. Probably never even heard of us before that. I mean, I, I could probably guarantee he never, never heard of us before that. Um, and he was wearing it. Uh, so to me, the fact that he's clearly likes it enough to incorporate it into his outfits, right? This is a guy who's always in the public eye. So therefore, he always is very self-conscious around what he wears. He's always wearing the latest off-whites. He's always wearing, you know, Moncler, um, Louis Vuitton. He's always wearing, you know, these top brands. So for me, to see him, you know, incorporate it as part of his outfit, not once, not twice, but multiple times, to me, just goes to prove, you know, I'm onto something here in terms of a product. He clearly likes it. Um, so that, that means that, you know, that may, that men means quite a lot to me in terms of, you know, it gives me some, some confidence in kind of the stuff I'm doing, um, in terms of the product. Um, so, so yeah, so, so he's been wearing it on and off for the, for the last couple of weeks. Um, and you know, I've been jumping on the back of that, sharing the content. Now in terms of sales, um, a lot of questions I've got, oh, have you earned millions? <clears throat> have you earned millions from it? Have you, you know, sold loads of hats because of it and all this kind of stuff? Now, because he didn't tag us in it, well, well, rewind a little bit, actually. He, where he posted this on the 23rd, first time he posted it on the 23rd of, um, of uh, December, it was, um, it was before the website had even launched. The 77 Threads website was down. We closed over the holidays. The Fairfax Truckers website and brand was preparing to launch for January the 1st. Now, a lot of it had already been done behind the scenes, which was which is a good thing. Um, however, a lot of it, uh, there was some stuff that I just wanted, needed to do to make sure it was ready to go. So <laughs> that evening, um, it was you know a frantic evening, making sure everything was ready, 
basically trying to put it live as quickly as possible, which we did. And then to jump off the back of that, it was you know uh, Facebook, uh, Facebook ads, and a lot of marketing over the next few days to really target hit the kind of people who would be seeing his video. Now, ultimately, what we wanted to do is we wanted to say, right, all he, he's followed by fourteen million people. That's a lot of people. I want to be in a position where, if you know how Facebook ads work and Instagram ads, I want to be in a position where they're scrolling through their stories, they're seeing him wearing that, and then all of a sudden they're seeing an ad pop up for that for that particular hat. Um, not him wearing the hat because obviously you can't you can't then use his content for your own you know personal you know commercial gain, but. He'll, they'll see him wearing that hat and then a photo of the actual, you know, the hat, you know, a different picture will, will appear and they'll be able to swipe up and, you know, go on the website. Um, and that's the, that was the, the main method of how we were going to, you know, convert this this new um, quick uh, reach and this quick, you know, uh, visual through, through this influencer and turn, essentially turn them into sales. Um, so a good, a good friend of mine, Josh, um, who's actually going to be appearing on a podcast to talk about this, uh, the help he's been giving me, and social media marketing, because he's a, he's a guru in that space, um, he's going to be on a podcast, but uh, reached out to him and you know, he's been helping me with making, maximising the, the, the conversion and really you know, making sure that we don't lose momentum with this, um, because this is, this is going to be really, really key. Um, just really due to the fact that how many people were wearing, uh, sorry, or following him, and obviously support him as a as a online celebrity. So um, yeah, so um, without going into the detail of how the ads work, we basically focused on doing um, doing all the social media advertisements and, and really tailoring it to, to to his followers, to his people, um, and that has worked really really well. And um, specifically over in America, and um, I mean probably over here in the UK, a lot of people don't like him, they're more of a KSI side, and um, if you know about all, all that kind of internet stuff, so um, that's been, that, the last couple of weeks now, it's just been an absolute whirlwind, you know, from one, having someone who I've, you know, somewhat looked up to, you know, some of his, um, some of his more business mindset, uh, regardless of his kind of online personality and how he comes across to the media, which he clearly, he plays up to that internet villain kind of persona, but he's kind of being labelled with um, he's actually from a business perspective extremely well he's got a fantastic mindset and um, switched on in terms of from a business perspective and marketing so and it's something I've always kind of looked up to that side of things so for someone that I've looked up to in the past you know out and about wearing my product has been you know a very humbling moment for me um, it adds having any sort of celebrity like like any celebrity really it's weird, isn't it? Any celebrity wearing a product, it kind of adds an element of authentication and kind of verification that your product is is legit. It's weird. People don't kind of buy your products or they're a bit skeptical over a new brand until it's been seen worn by a celebrity. People really like it. And that's just the way, I guess, it's, it's, this society works and how people work nowadays. You know, Kim Kardashian wears something and all of a sudden people are flogging to, 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 to buy the, you know, the, the latest dress she's wearing or, or anything like that in terms of celebrities. It's kind of the way it works. So that's good. That that's helped me add a, an extra layer of, layer of verification very early on in the brand's um, kind of life, given that we've you know just started. And it's actually helped me. I've got a number of conversations going on now with a number of more celebrities. Just being able to name, I, I know it's probably not, you know, being able to name drop Jake Paul 
into a it's a into a conversation around when I'm reaching out to more celebrities and more influencers to to to, to wear my hats. It adds an extra layer on because they're like, oh, like you know, he's he's been seen wearing it, and especially as it's not. I think the biggest thing out of all of this is it wasn't a paid promotion. It wasn't you know a gifted promotion. It wasn't anything like that. It was literally here's a hat, mate. If you like it, brilliant. If you don't, chuck it in the bin. Doesn't matter. But the fact he does like it and he's wearing it free willingly, I haven't said you have to. I haven't paid him to wear it. I haven't said that you need to post that. There's not no deal going on here. In fact, I've even messaged him afterwards through DMs, and he probably still hasn't even seen them. He probably doesn't even know who I am or whatever. So, you know, the fact that there's that level of just you know organic like for the product just adds such a bigger um, just such a bigger emphasis on, on the product and, and the brand, which really, really helps when you're having these further conversations. So that's kind of how it kind of came about and the, 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 what's been happening with, with particularly Jake Paul over the last couple of weeks. Um, it's, been, it's been amazing um, and we're, we're really only just getting started. There's so much more we could go take this brand, brand to. Um, we're really trying to just build on that momentum and there's a number of conversations going on at the moment with um, celebrities um, both here in the UK and America, um, you know, social media personalities again over here and in America um, to help keep that momentum going keep the, the, the uh, you know the, the, the hype and the buzz around this is a thing if, if a lot of kind of big people are wearing it in, in, in the kind of same period of time kind of adds a, a bit of a trend a bit of a hype oh, what are these people all of these I've seen it quite a lot recently it might be a new trend and that's how things take off right all it takes is one person for, and it's just funny how you know my one person is if I rolled back you know four or five years ago I would never have thought this would be be happening and it's just ironic that you know one person I used to watch all the time and kind of like and inspire get inspiration from sort of in my late teens kind of growing up and kind of building my own mindset and um, motivation and, and confidence and that kind of thing it's just funny how he's ends up being a guy who's probably you know kick-starting this this brand so early on so it's for me, it's just absolutely fantastic, and um, hopefully that this this kind of segment of the podcast has um, you know answered some questions. And it's 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 uh, and in a minute, I'll I'll just want to you know just summarising some key takeaways for for you guys who maybe you know looking at this for some sort of inspiration because it's it's not rocket science. It's not there's no no uh, you know real secret blueprint to how how this happens um there's no money involved there's no none of that which a lot of people will think and i get it right if you see someone like someone the size of aj paul or someone with you know millions of followers you, you you naturally think well the only way they've worn that is by you know paid paid promotion or they've been paid to wear it and actually in my case, it's the complete opposite. You just need to believe in yourself, believe in your product. Sent, uh, you know, I've sent products out to um, similar-sized people, um, and in the same manner, never heard like, n- never seen it, never heard of anything. And it's just a risk you need to take, right? And it, you need to have that belief in your own product that people will like it. People will therefore want to just wear it naturally, and that's the best kind of promotion. What you don't want to have is pay someone to wear it, post a photo, never to be seen again because they either don't like it or whatever. But if you've got that belief behind you, your brand and your product, then that stands out a lot more than, than, than a monetary value. 
So that's been a summary of uh, the Fairfax Truckers brand and, and kind of what we've been doing behind the scenes. There's been a lot going on in a short, short period of time. Um, however, this is just the beginning. There's so much more we're working on. We're still working on the 77 thread stuff as well. You know, got, got some designs coming out, which, is, which uh, you know, hopefully we can kick on with soon. We've actually got a video shoot uh, in, in, in the works as well. So when lockdown's over, we can hopefully you know, continue to crack on with that. But um, yeah, the Fairfax stuff we've been focusing on um, whilst we can, and it's it's been it's been amazing. The feedback from you guys has been amazing over on social media. So if, you know, if you're watching this and you've supported the brands by you know giving us shares, giving us likes, buying our products, thank you. It's been fantastic, and we we really do appreciate it. I genuinely feel the Fairfax Truckers brand is in a few years' time, going to be global. It's going to be up there with, you know, it's going to be in retailers. It's going to be everywhere, um, and it's it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be huge. So you know, get in whilst you can in terms of being able to say that I was a I was an early adopter of this. That that will that that'll be cool. So um, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope there's been some you know t- takeaways from this from this episode. I feel like you know. There's, you know, if you're thinking, if you're a startup businesses, definitely consider looking down the print print on demand option um, to help keep your costs down. If you want any more sort of uh, uh, discussions around that, then please feel free to reach out. I can, you know, help you understand a bit more about how print on demand works. Um, there are some misconceptions around it and uh, and, pe- and people's views on it. But honestly, from a startup, my, my perspective, it's allowed me to focus more on the marketing side of stuff. And if you manage to find a supplier which allows you to be um, flexible with quality, allows you to create something of good quality, with your own bespoke branding and all that kind of stuff, you're onto a winner, really. Um, but it's important to make sure you do. You don't just go down the generic print-on-demand route because that, that, will, that won't elevate your brand at all. Um, I also hope you found some, uh, you know, real value in understanding how the whole Jake Paul thing came about, and I've got a lot of questions around that. So, um, you know, and, and hopefully for you guys, if you are starting your brand and you've seen this and thought, oh, I would love to have my um, clothing or my product being seen with, you know, people of that size, um, then hopefully you've, you know, taken something away from this and think, you know, what well, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to send something to, to someone as a, as a gift and, you know, see, see what happens. And, you know, chances are, if you believe in your product and it's a good product, they'll like it too. And that's where the organic, the organic uh, and, and kind of authentic uh, uh, reach comes from. Um, and, and that goes a hell of a lot long. You'll get a lot more personal satisfaction in that compared to, you know, going through the influencer route, your traditional paying influencer route. And, um, and there'll be more of a, a, more of an actual organic belief behind your brand and, and people will see that. So I hope you've, you know, enjoyed this podcast. I hope you've got something out of it. Um, Make sure you, you you know you are following Fairfax Truckers over on Facebook, Instagram, checking out our website. You know, looking at the products if you like them. You know, do do uh, do, do go and uh, go and go and uh, you know, help the brand out by purchasing. We're still obviously small, just because Jake Paul's uh, bought bought uh, been seen wearing it. No, definitely does not mean we're a huge brand brand all of a sudden. Um, uh, so yeah, it's uh, it, thanks for listening. Hopefully you found it useful. Um, And until the next episode, uh, keep safe and keep well.